Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Bodies and Souls, Conversations for the Jewish Woman. My name is Sarah. I'm a certified teacher and school leader. I'm passionate about education and Torah and Hasidus. My name is Rifki. I am a certified nurse, midwife, and college teacher. I am passionate about using our bodies and our innate spiritual abilities to serve Hashem in the most healthy and complete way possible. Together, we are pleased to present to you Bodies and Souls, fascinating and informative conversations for you, the Jewish woman. Our aim is to provide you with multidimensional information that will inform and inspire you to be the best version of yourself, supporting your bodies and souls as they strive to be the very best in fulfilling our ultimate potential in bringing Mashiach now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast, Bodies and Souls. Your hosts for today are Sarah Lowenthal. And Rifki Boyarski. Today's episode is really different than everything we've done so far. Today, Sarah and I are sitting down with each other. We're going to talk about the sphere of your sight. We're going to talk about our experiences, um, interviewing so many fabulous um, women. We're going to talk about what we're hoping to achieve. And we're going to talk about you because really and truly this podcast is all about you. So before we start, um, let's talk a little bit about what your site is. Your site means foundation. Um, so when we're talking about the uh, sphera of your site, we're talking about the channel in which um, godliness is brought down into the next sphera or into the world. Um, and it's it's a foundational part of the spheres. It's so interesting, Rufi, because I always learned about your side as it being a, a connection attribute, somebody who has this energy of your side inside of them, but somebody who can connect well and, you know, is strong in their relationships. But what I learned that I never knew is that your side also has sort of like a direct line, a direct channel to Malchus. Right. So when we're talking about the spheres, they all build one on top of the other. So all this, all the different attributes that we've been discussing so far actually are a continual buildup to Malchus, which is the ultimate channel that brings things down into this world. Um, and if we were looking at like days of the week, you said it's actually Friday. Um, and it's the sixth, it's the sixth day. And it's the day that's going to funnel ultimately into the epic part of the week, which is going to be Shabbos. Um, so one of the things that's very interesting, and you're talking about connection, is that humans were created on Friday. So it's like a very um, intrinsic part of who we are as humans as well. You know, every time I think about your site, I think about my job when I was the Gan director, and I had this huge department with 40 teachers that I needed, you know, to manage and hire and support. And it took me a while to realize this, but literally if I could sort of like boil down my job description and tell it to you like while standing on one foot, it all had to do with managing relationships. That's literally what it boiled down to dealing with other people's emotions, with their feelings, with their comfort level. Sure. You need to be an educator and you need to know child development and, you know, you want to make sure your program is strong, but ultimately what I did day in, day out was work with my staff, work with, you know, interpersonally and um, develop relationships. 
That's so interesting. I think that that's really how it is when you're working with people in general. So like if you're working in the hospital, whether you're a doctor, a nurse, a midwife, um, it's so much about patient care. And one of the most interesting statistics, I remember when my nurse manager told me this when I was hired in Maimonides, she's like, you don't need facts. What you need to do is be humble. You need to come into a patient's room and just connect to them because you know who gets sued? Not the one who messes up the most, but the one who was the rudest to the patient. So if you make a mistake, go in, say sorry, connect to the person. And it was such a like mind shift because until that point, when I was working in other facilities, it was about like, did you write your notes properly? Did you give your medications properly? And of course I love people. So I connected with my patients always, but like the focus wasn't so much on this like interpersonal, like really connect with your patients. And that like has become even now as a midwife and even as a college teacher, that's become the like cornerstone of everything I do, because I know even if I miss something, they'll come back to me if there was a connection. And even if you taught the most comprehensive college classes or the most comprehensive patient education, they're not coming back to you with that little thing that you missed out. You know, it's amazing because when I first took my job seven years ago, I was so focused on professionalism. I was so focused on knowing the answers and being able to present and, you know, maintain my image. And I remember like worried about the gaps in my knowledge and trying to make sure that I was always making the right choices. And then I started to pay attention to the other school administrators um, that my children went to the schools that my children went to. And I noticed that the ones that I really liked and really connected to, and really thought they were, you know, doing a good job were the ones that cared about me and cared about my child and showed that, you know, extra thought. And then it got me thinking. And I was like, do you necessarily need a lot of skill or, or a lot of knowledge? Like, obviously, that's important. But what really struck me in the field of education was that these administrators were making sure to show that individual care and attention. And then there was like the shift in how I was operating too. And I started to feel less worried about, um, you know, presenting with a certain level of expertise, because that was coming off as cold, right? And then I started to understand that really the way for me to do my job properly was to demonstrate that I cared for everyone. Right, a hundred percent, and that's why it's that's why even Perkevis tells us Falea Captain Malame that as someone who is so rigid and flexible and doesn't take that time, really is not going to be able to educate. And remember, it's not about learning information. Yes, someone who's super rigid can like make you memorize ABCs, but are you going to be educated? Are you going to have change that's going to affect you? Um, and I think that sometimes we lose that in the almost in, you know, I feel like even as parents, sometimes we like want to our children to succeed. And it's, it's measured by certain barometers, like, oh, my kid walked by age one, and my kid read in when they were six years old, and my kid has a beautiful handwriting and gets ridone and all these barometers that I can boast about to other people. But is that educational? Like, in the short term, yeah, you're checking off boxes, you look really great as a parent, but are you sitting with your child and letting them process the world. And those things sometimes take longer. And sometimes the kids look a little bit messier along the road, you know, and I wonder if, if we're missing something and it's totally nothing to do with your side, by the way, um, I won't say nothing, but it's, it's like really off the path. But I think that like, actually, you know what, let's tie it back into your side. 
Um, Yesite is the foundation of the world, right? God chose to create us. Hashem chose to create us because he chose to isify us. Like, uh, did you, did Rabbi Freeman teach you in high school? Rabbi Freeman? Uh, no, his wife did not. Him. That's so funny. I, I think he taught our class because Schiffer was in our, in our class. Um, so for whoever doesn't know, Sarah and I are not only cousins. We went to high school together, That's right. um, two different classes, the same high school. Um, and he used to say that, like, he made up this word. I'm sure he uses it all the time now, but he made it up in our classroom that God is the world that Hashem constantly has to recreate the world. And I think that Yesite is Hashem saying to us, and I'm not an expert in the spheres in any sort of way, but I think Hashem's choice to keep recreating us and keep us existing is part of Yesite as well. Um, and if we remember that everything is godly and everything is really here for a reason and here because Hashem wanted, then the attributes that our children have, the attributes that we have, the failures, they're all just, they are, you know, they exist. They are there. Um, for better or for worse. And it's not anything we need to fight against. We need to channel it and move with it and live with it and love it and use it for Hashem. But almost it is what it is. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah. You know, you said you were going on a tangent, but what you're saying, I think is very deeply connected to you said, because you said takes all the previous spirits and directly transmits it to Machos. It's like the connector between everything behind it um, straight to Machos. And in order to be able to give over that transmission, there has to be this level of acceptance. Every single time I worry about our kids and I say, but what will be, you know, like the mother's mind is like, oh my God, is my kid going to turn into a juvenile delinquent? Like, how do I, (laughs) (laughs) I see aggression and I'm already thinking like, you know, jail term. My husband always tells me, wait a second. These are Hashem's children. He, this is a gift that he gave us and there's no return policy. We just need to accept it and work with what we have. And that's, again, this whole idea of accepting, right? You mentioned not, you know, not focusing on disappointments, what ifs, failures, you know, and being able to go with the flow of what we're given in life. So I'm actually a little bit scared because we're talking about parenting and I really like, I shy away from this topic because I feel like parenting is just, there's so many unknowns and you can never really get it right. Like, I feel like you you think you're getting it right. You're doing the best decisions that you can make, but until you're at 120 and your kid is fully baked and cooked and ready, you never really know. The only thing I do know about parenting and really uh, parenting is the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life. Um, is that a, my children are a bag of jelly beans. I don't choose my kids. Like sometimes I get compliments on my kids and I'm like, that's all them. Like, it's not even me. Like, don't compliment me. I didn't do anything different on that child than any other child. That child was given this from Hashem. They were given whatever it is. And each child is given something different, but at the same time, each child is also given their struggles and their nature. And I don't get to choose that. And it, it doesn't come from me. And I could start saying, Oh, it's your grandfather. It's my grandfather. It's your bubby. It's your Zadie. It's your cousin. It's, it's not, it's a bag of jelly beans. You get red, purple, green, yellow, and your neighbor gets all reds and it's so easy. And why is it all easy for them? And you get like 15 different personalities in your house. And you're like, I have to cater to every single person and all their big personalities. So the first thing I know is that yeah, like your husband said, I, I it's not mine. They're on loan to me. 
I have to do my best and that's it. The other thing is that I have to do my best. So I wake up every morning and I may have messed up the day before because I'm human, but the next day I smile, start over, hopefully softly and lovingly and warmly, and then I move on. But other than that, I really have no parenting advice. (laughs) I love it. I love the direction of this conversation because we started off by talking about the importance of relationships and no matter what job you hold, no matter what skill is demanded of us, it always boils down to relationships. And now we're sort of like veering into children and how they come from Hashem and we need that level of acceptance. Um, and we get to, you know, start anew every day, which is interesting because, okay. So after, during COVID, I stepped down from my job as the gun director, it was just too overwhelming. And then I've been on mat leave because in Canada, we get a year of mat leave. Not no, like we're in- not talking about that. That's a whole nother episode <laughs> because we got to talk about that. The year. Yeah. Actually now it's extended for, to 18 months. It's a year and a half paid mat leave for a year. And then the opportunity to hold your job for another six months unpaid. So I'm on this wonderful year of mat leave here in Canada and Toronto. And my neighbor happens to be a parent who used to have her child, who has her child in the preschool that I used to work at. So we go for walks. She's also on mat leave. We're connecting. And she goes, you're like a different person than when I, than when I remember you, like you were so cold in your job and you came off like really uncaring And it startled me because I was so intent on doing my job properly, like checking off all the boxes and being as professional as possible that I really forgot about the importance of fostering relationships. And she um, obviously probably knew me in like in, in the beginning, towards the end, I sort of thought out. And as she was talking to me, I was thinking like, oh gosh, I wish I could do that all over again. I was there for seven years. If only I can start over. Um, But with our children, as you say, Every day is a new opportunity. And when we mess up, which we, at least I always mess up, it's so wonderful to be able to start again from scratch. Uh, we're all going to mess up, but that's okay. That's the only, that's the only thing we all know <laughs> about parenting is that we all going to mess up. One day our kids will tell us how we did that. Um, okay, Sarah, let's talk about other relationships. Over the past few months, um, actually, by the way, you know what I realized? I think we're nearing our one year anniversary of having had the conversation that started this. Um, it was actually at your brother's wedding, right? That's so right. when's their anniversary? Is it now? It's coming up in June. I don't know. Okay. I don't remember the exact, but right. yeah, it was, so we're coming close. Gimel Thomas. It was around Gimel Thomas. So we're coming really, really close. Um, and we went from an idea at a table with like, just like, oh my gosh, this is such a good idea to like this wonderful platform where we have thousands and thousands of women listening to our episodes and buying the digest and doing all these wonderful things. The other day when I was in the shower, I was actually thinking like, what did I learn from this experience? And it's really, honestly, to me, it's an overwhelming experience because I've learned so much um, and it's changed me. What, what about you, Sarah? Okay, you go first. Tell us how you got changed because I'm nodding my head. Our listeners can't see. I'm like, my eyes are open. I'm nodding my head. I'm like, totally, this has been like transformative, but we've never had this conversation. So let me hear first from no, you. No, we've never. So I think a lot of times we look at the people around us and we see them on a very surface level. 
And everyone's, I mean, like, obviously everyone's impressive and we try not to be judgmental and we try to see the good in everyone. But I think through having these conversations, um, the ones that are on the air, the ones that are off the air, like the ones beforehand, the ones after, and the ones that, first of all, I've made friends. Like a lot of the people that like we've um, introduced, like I've actually, like we've kept up. And I love that. I love that this gave me the opportunity to meet more people. But more than that, it gave me an insight into like how amazing and nuanced and detailed the neshamas and inner lives of every single person is. And if we just stopped for a second and like really looked at people and said, you know, what can I learn from the person in front of me? I might not like everything about them. I might not want to be their friend. I might not want my child to marry, whatever it is, you know, like there might be things that hold us back, but I have learned so much from every single woman. It has changed the way a parent It's changed the way I look at myself. It has changed the way I view my relationship with Hashem. Um, I have refrains in my head from some of our speakers, you know? Um, and to me, that is so amazing, like really transformative. And like a lot of directions, like even this one, like this podcast, we kind of end up in like a totally different place than we like started off. We like have a list of questions and we send it um, to our podcast interview people. And we're like, hey, we're going in this direction. This is our focus. And we end up with something totally different. And to me, that goes to the fact that we're listening and we're talking and we're really like curious. We're approaching it with curiosity. And I think that if we did that more in our lives, we would be so much more multidimensional. Rifki, it's amazing because the other day, what you're saying is resonating with me so much. The other day, I went back to our mission statement. You know, when we started out, we wrote a mission statement and I went back to what the wording that we put up on our website. One of the things that we wrote for our podcast is that we will bring to you, the listener, the very best experts in their fields to, to speak about their topics. And that got me thinking because what I've discovered, and I think you've discovered the same thing, that everyone is an expert within their own personal life and their personal experience. You and I could literally interview anyone. Everyone has a story. And in a certain sense, everybody has, you know, triumphed um, to, to whatever, you know, varying degrees in their lives. And we could learn from literally anyone. Right. A hundred percent. And, um, it's like, I'm living in this world with a new set of eyes because I'm, you know, walking down the street or going for coffee or going to an event. And I'm looking at and meeting different people and thinking to myself, what story do they have to share? What is something we can learn from them? Literally anyone I'm meeting, that's like the lens of how I'm viewing them. Right. And actually this ties right into your side again, because your side is the attribute that unites the heavens and the earth together. It's the transition of spiritual into the physical. And I think that when we, when we interview the women, what we're seeing is that we, even when we interview people for the uniquely physical parts of what they're doing as Jewish women, we have so much, and it's not even just spirituality, it's actual ruchness, it's godliness. We have so much connection to godliness and whatever we're doing. So like we've interviewed 
people on preventative medicine and they talk about how this is a godly thing that we're doing and why there's a godly obligation. Um, We've interviewed people on all sorts of topics and the refrain that just keeps coming up is how much the work that they're doing and the physical portions of their lives are connected to their spiritual realm and how they've managed to mesh the two. And to me, that's such a spiritual thing. That's such an inspirational thing because it means that they've used their kairas and nefesh. They've used the things that Hashem has given them to change themselves and then change their, you know, micro surroundings and then the macro surroundings, right? So they have, they're having this like immense ripple effect. And some of these women are so impressive because they're talking on larger stages and they have multiple organizations across the U.S. and they're doing, you know, their practice. It's just, it's amazing to watch these women. And I also think what's very interesting about the women that we're interviewing is they're not the voices that you usually hear. So they're not like this famous, I mean, we've had one or two, but we've had them because we're friends, you know, like it's not because they're the famous people, but I think it's really interesting that these are, these are women that you're sitting next to in a simcha and these are women that you're doing carpal with. And sometimes we're just so enmeshed in our lives and we don't even think about like, who is that person next to me? How do I connect to them? Totally. I totally agree with you where I feel like we're we're sort of going off the beaten trail with the people that, you know, the voices that we're bringing to our platform. And I like that. I like thinking outside of the box. Um, Another thing that has really struck me working on this podcast with you and actually the whole platform is the consistency that it's brought to my life. I happen to be a spontaneous person. I'm more intense. Like I work in spurts and then I stop just the way, you know, how I function and doing this platform has really forced me to day in, day out, you know, organize myself to make sure that we have an episode to release every week. We have a blog article to release every week. The digest is, you know, the digest for Pesach, another one that we're working on for Shavuos is meeting its deadlines. It's, um, it's meaningful work. It's spiritual work, but it's also like in a certain sense, work and we have to make sure that we get it done and we have to make sure that we're producing um and not just as a one-off but in an organized fashion so talking about one-off this is actually something i just thought about this morning about why like a lot of episodes a lot of podcasts peter out around like 12 14 episodes and we've passed that um and our listenership is up so by the way if you're listening and you enjoy it we do appreciate when you share it with your family friends the whatsapp groups your social media it means the world to us we notice you we see you and you're the one who makes this podcast happen so shout out to you we really really genuinely appreciate it but what i also realized is that it isn't only about our listeners. Like I genuinely enjoy my Wednesdays when I come up on here and we get to like have this really concentrated space of time where we're thinking and we're talking and we're connecting and we're revisiting concepts that maybe we never revisit like as adults, right? So as adults, unless I'm opening a book, which sometimes is not possible, um, do I really revisit things the way that teenagers do? Do I really like take things over and create paradigm shifts in my mind? Usually not. 
It happens, but not very often. And it happens when I'm very intentional about it. But every time we come on and we talk and I think about like, what are they actually saying? I love it. Like, Sarah, I genuinely love what we do. And even if we had five listeners, I think I would continue doing it. Rifki, so far we've talked about how we're getting to meet all these incredible women worldwide and we're doing this consistently and it's, you know, enriching our lives. Another thing I've learned about this is that you don't need money or a lot of resources to do what we're doing. It's almost amazing at how we've built this whole platform on like zero dollars. It's you and I volunteering our time. Um, We have these amazing voices of women that are happy to volunteer to be interviewed, incredible writers as well for the digest and for our blog. They give up their time and their insights and volunteer to write as well. Really, everybody is excited about building the space for women and they're just volunteering their talents. Even my husband, he's the editor of our podcast. So he walks in the door Sunday night, poor guy, after like this 18 hour shift because he's a medical resident. And I'm like, okay, it's 11 o'clock and I'm like, okay, let's sit down and edit the podcast that we're about to release this week. And he's like, yes, we got to do this. So <laughs> shout out to him. And and your husband also carries, you know, he also is, he's, isn't he the, uh, the copy editor for the digest? So he reads like once I've done the initial edit and you've done the initial edit, he um, gives us his thoughts about it. And actually he was so super impressed by it last time. And um, I can't wait to show it to him again this time. So like, it's definitely like the last time with the pace off digest, he read it. Like he's, he like he enjoys reading, but he doesn't sit for extended periods of time reading unless it's a safer. And he literally read it from cover to cover. So yeah, definitely. Like there are people, you know, you know, what impresses me most though? Like it really is like volunteer. I would say in like the almost, I don't even want to say a hundred women that we've talked to, maybe one or two women have asked for like some sort of something like, and, and, you know, when we've even asked, we've asked just to cover our costs. So I think it's really the fact that it's a labor of love that everyone's committed to keep sharing and keep giving and keep being part of it. I think that's what makes this such a success. And you know, what's really amazing is that we aren't just reaching one type of woman. We are reaching Jewish women who are unaffiliated we are reaching Jewish women who are Chabad, who are Litvish, who are modern Orthodox, who are Hasidish. We are all over. And I think that that's really a, a uniting thing. It's a beautiful thing that so many women from so many different things, um, ways of serving Hashem, continue to tune in week after week after week. Um, I can't wait, Sarah, to see what we're going to bring. I think that's my gardener. So I think that we have to um, say goodbye to this lovely episode. Hang on. Fancy you. You have a gardener, Rifki? What's going on? Uh, I hired a gardener for the day because my back is hurting and I need to pot some plants that are otherwise going to die. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody, and have a wonderful week of your sight. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed and grew. Original music of Shamil's Niggin provided by Chazan David Kaytak.
We look forward to your input, feedback, and suggestions. We also have partnership opportunities available. Please email info at bodiessouls.com. Again, info at bodiessouls.com with two S's. Thank you.